This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 216. Brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, Draw Our Boxes by CollectionDraw.com, and iFanboy <laughs> listeners like you. Oh, it's back.
and welcome to the first iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast of 2010. It's also known as episode number 16. My name is Ron Richards, and I'm here with 16? my... 216! 216! Oh, sorry. I'm here with my uh, co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick. Hello, Ron. How are you? I'm good. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Josh. We are from iFanboy.com, and that's a website that's all about comic books, where we read comics, and every week we read a stack of comics that, that ship that week, and one of us picks what we feel as if was the best one and writes about it on the website in the Pick of the Week review. Then we come here and talk about it on the podcast and other books that came out and anything else of interest. Before we get started, a couple of things to note. It is late, and we are drinking. So that's number one. Number two is we're also broadcasting this live on Ustream. So if you were home alone on a Saturday night around 11 o'clock <laughs> Eastern yeah, time, you might have watched this live. <laughs> if you didn't, then that, that's why the audio doesn't sound as good. We apologize. So yeah, so deal with it. Let's rip off one of our favorite friends podcasts, 11 o'clock comics, and say what we're all drinking. So Connor, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Boddington's Pub Ale right now. I've got one left. I've finished the pack and... After that, I've got a couple of random, really big bottles in my refrigerator of beer. I don't know what they are, but I think they're strong. Good. Josh? Josh, what are you vibing on? I have a 12-ounce can of Pepsi Throwback. Nice with that Uh, nice can, huh? In an old-style can. I got way too excited when I saw them. Very good. I am about to finish my second Corona of the night, and I've already mixed together my first seven and seven of the night. So that's what I, how I'm spending my Saturday night. I'm going to call you Mr. Ron, Sterling. I'm going to get angry. <laughs> All right, well, let's, let's talk about some comics. But before we do, I'm going to warn you that we're, we're going to be talking about what happened in the comics. This is a review show, so we're going to have to talk about what happened in the books. So there might be spoilers. So if you're sensitive to spoilers like the end of Blackest Night or the beginning of Siege or whatever, stop listening, press pause, go read your books, come back. If you're okay with that, if you can deal, if you're mature enough to deal with spoilers, then keep listening. You'll be fine. Josh had the pick. First pick of the week of 2010. What'd you do? Uh, oh, I disappointed people. That's what I did. No, no, no. You know, it was, it was a really good week. We decided, just in case you were curious, we decided to count Blackest Night 6 in with this week's comics because, well, it just Because it came out, out in everybody's stores this week, that's why. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. The majority of the stores got it. My, every store I shopped in didn't get it on Christmas that week. That it yeah, you oh, had really? To, you had yeah. to opt into that program to get it early. You had yep. to sign a document. You had to, you had to make an agreement with DC. If not, you got it this week. So yep. it came I, out this week. Store. I was not aware of that. So it just meant that I got to read it a week early. Cool. And that was right up there. And the other one was Sweet Tooth 5. And... You know, I was holding the two books, and, and they were right, they were both neck and neck. And like last week, I read Blackest Night, and I thought, you know, this is this is this was pretty good. And then, and I'm holding Sweet Tooth five, and and I decided to go with Sweet Tooth because, and I'm not justifying. I'm telling you what I was thinking. At the end of the day, uh, Blackest Night five did exactly what I kind of Six. expected. Six, whatever. Six. It did exactly what I expected, uh, in in a really good way. It was very fun, good, but but Sweet Tooth five surprised me and so i was like i think that 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 excites me more as a reader so i made that pick did it get a little tingly when it excited you no okay no where did it all see, did it touch you josh yes I, I see what happens when you guys drink this is how it goes this is what it's like every night in san diego it's just them just being like what about your what about your balls like, i don't know guys. you've got very tender hands josh i'll give you that I, <laughs> all right back to the comic now, who who's still reading this in issues among you two? Oh wait, I'm raising my hand because I'm on video. But yes, I am. I, okay, I dropped this issue. 
Yeah, that was a bad move, Kilpatrick. Yeah, I, don't I so. know. I was really enjoying it in, in issues, and I understand that. And I was right there with you because at the end of the last one, I was like, "Well, you know, I'm not really having as much fun as I had expected to." I built up my expect- expectations quite high, actually. But I've got to say that with this issue, I guess I've got to kind of talk about it in a way that that doesn't completely ruin it for well, Connor. Well, it was. The, it was I don't yeah. really care. I, I mean, it's it's really it's not a big deal. Plus, I, I it's hard to avoid what's happened. I can see it all over the internet. And, well, right, yeah. Well, I, I mean, and it's interesting because it was the it's the concluding chapter of the first story arc, and so it it ended. Yeah. As you may or may not know, Sweet Tooth has been taken by Mr. Jeopard, and he's going to take him out somewhere safe. And, and the beginning, there, basically on a road trip through the apocalyptic wasteland. There's a movie like that out right now. And, you know, you see how badass Jeopard is. And then in the middle, there's like a little sort of a, like, Sweet Tooth gets knocked out, and there's a beautiful page, a, sort of a two-page spread of him losing consciousness. And that's the first part that I was like, "Oh, this issue is kind of cool." Like, well, yeah, th- I thought this issue was different. Was similar to the last issue in that it, it like, Lemire is really getting his. I think like he's get he's getting comfortable in the issue format. Yeah, and you know, in the storytelling manner and stuff like that, the layouts are getting more interesting. The you know, and and his artistic collaboration with the colorist, I thought, yep. really stood out in this issue too. And that 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 two page spread actually is a good example of that because each sort of panel is divided that it's divided into has each has a different little hue and, and it sort yep. of tells a little story. It's just a really interesting layout. I looked at it for I'm still looking at it right now. Yeah, and there's like a hallucinogenic sort of flashbacky kind of thing where Sweet Tooth is talking to his dad and the whole time like his father's rotting sort of in front of his face and it's really gross. Yeah. So they get to the end and, and here's your spoilers that are coming up and you think, alright, they're gonna they're gonna get somewhere but The preserve is where he's going. Where yeah. he says he's taking them to. And Jeopard is sort of getting more quiet and reticent and, and he's and Sweet distant. Like, yeah, he gets are, way more distant. Yeah. Are you mad at me? And he's like, No. And then they take him to what is this tiny little fenced in area Reminded me of the reminded me of the Walking Dead. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah, and it turns out that Jeopard is selling Sweet Tooth off to these people. <laughs> I, as I wrote, like clearly, you should have seen this coming. Right. But I was surprised because I kind of wanted to think, well, maybe that won't be what happened. But you know, the whole time Sweet Tooth's just got this like his eyes get all big and he's just, what's happening? I'm scared. And and Jeopard's just ignoring him because he he can't deal with it or or whatever. And that was all bad enough. And then what really got me, what really put me over the top is that the last two pages is starting next month, and it just shows this dim little pen of little other children animal hybrids, yep. and and talks about them taking off the doctor. And then the last page is just like them experimenting painfully on Sweet Tooth yep. by plunging a giant syringe in his neck. And I just thought. Wow, that's really awful, but in a very satisfying way. And it, I, I just really liked the issue a lot. I thought it was, it was well done, and it, it he sort of lulled me into, uh, you know, like a, like a, a boredom with the story in a way, so that when they hit me with it, it you know, it really, it really felt significant. Yeah, I, I uh, didn't see, I didn't see the swerve coming at all. By the way, and yeah. maybe because I'm an idiot or whatever, but like I really thought it was gonna be him and Jeopard against the world and trying to get to safety and stuff like that. And when I realized what was happening, it was just like, of course, like you said, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, the yeah. thing is, is, you know, what it is is the Jeopard character. I feel like is as comic book readers, it's reminding us of stuff that we're very familiar with. Yeah. It's Logan. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I'm reading as I go through this. I'm like, always oh, like Wolverine, or what was the other one? There was a, another sort of Cable. It was reminding me of Cable recently. Yep. Um, and and in those, which by like, the way, that Cable came out this weekend. My God, it's been two years of the. It feels like it's been two years. That story yeah. just will never end. Is that uh, still going on? It's still going on. Still going uh, on. Is it the same story over and over yeah, again? Yeah, it's just Bishop chasing Cable and and Hope. 
like like every issue it's like running away from cable and it's like oh my god and then they, then they fight and then they time slide and then it's like oh my god please just end this I, and I guess because oh. of those stories, like I'm just sort of I'm like I'm like oh the guy is acting gruff and everything, but in the end he'll soften up and come through for him, and then you realize he didn't. So and much. and they pay him off with a a big orange sack of something. Yeah, we don't know what. And I just thought you know it was it was a really good end to that story arc. I think that this is going to sell a lot of the second trade. Yeah, you think so? That makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. think it would have to. I mean, yeah. I think that you'll get to the end, like the beginning, you'll be like, wow, and in the middle, of your, you'll sort of go through it, and the end, you'll, oh, and you'll, you have, I have to know what happens next. Right. I, you know, I, don't, I haven't read an issue in a long time that made me think, you know, just except for the first issue of this, that was like, well, what happens next? Come on. Really good stuff, great cover. I just thought, you know, it was his best issue. As far as constructing a single issue, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I think that the second issue was, was uh, not the second. The issue before this one was was better, but I thought this one was equally good. If that makes that's sense, in, that's an impossible. That doesn't thing. make any sense. <laughs> I think you're very tall, but also a bit short. Yeah. Let's move on to so. the siege number one, which is the big debut for Marvel this week, and a lot of the reaction online was very mixed to negative, and I'm going to go against the grain and say I have a lot of fun with this. I really liked it. Interesting. Um, I think that's because. Well, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I think it signifies the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I can see us pulling out of the malaise that Marvel's been in for the last couple of years, getting to the point where the heroes are back being heroes and, and everyone is back in their rightful place. And you can see that beginning here. Two, I really like Olivier Copiel's art. Yep. Mm-hmm. And three, it was refreshingly sparse. And I know that could be a criticism that, it, that not, not a lot happened in it, but in a week with Blackest Night, which is awesomely jam-packed, it was nice to read something that wasn't awesomely jam-packed. And it was just a very nice counterpoint in, in terms of the way it was paced compared to Blackest Night. Well, let me counter your counterpoint. Um, no. I do agree that there, I think that I, there are really kind of two angles on this that I saw. Was One was Copiel's art is just beautiful, and now it makes me kind of, uh, kind of want to go read Thor. Because it, it, like it, I was like it was like it was, it was it was one of those it was like it reminded me when I first started discovering Jimmy Chung I was like ooh this is good the Thor art is very good yeah it's just the the words not so much but um, <laughs> I can give you the book I have here yeah I'd like to borrow that so the story wise though I got a very Civil War feeling to it I think it, that was intentional oh no no I, well no not 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 so, but not so much in what happened because yeah it was intentional to remind you of civil war with the with the disaster and what happened in soldier field versus what happened in stanford but what what i mean is that i got a civil war feeling in that it read very quickly and when i got to the end i kind of went huh that's it you yeah know? No, i can see that too but that yeah. was part of my enjoyment of it i liked that i liked that it was it wasn't there wasn't a billion characters in it and it was somewhat yeah. focused well, not not even. But the thing is, is that not even that it was that it was a billion characters. Like it got to the point where I actually counted the number of pages, and maybe it was right. because I read the the Soldier Field stuff already in the preview, and so that's, like people yeah. complain about that, and that, that's the entire reason why I avoid all previews. Yeah, every, yeah, every don't read previews. Because, you yeah. don't want that. Because, to well, no, not not in previews. Yeah, they put they third. put it in the issues. They put it yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a preview and an issue that I avoided yeah. it. Yeah. Because why do that? And then get the issue, pay three bucks, four yeah. bucks for it, and then feel like you've already read a quarter right. of it. So but, I, I always avoid. Preview pages on in the comics on the on the internet everywhere. Yeah, well, well, that said, I didn't hate it. I didn't. I didn't think you know, like like you said, I did enjoy it. I just I kind of wish it was a little more beefy. That's all. I was fine with it. I liked it. I liked yeah. it plenty. I don't think it was like a five star amazing book or anything because I'm so sick of of Osborne that I can't stand it. But I'm trying to decide if I think that having the Soldier Field ha- thing happen is a, a nice parallel to Stanford, or if it's just like you're really you're doing this again. Yeah. 
Like, I can't cool. tell how I feel about that. However, I will say I like to set up for this a lot more. I feel like this has so much more resonance than what happened at Stanford. I felt like it would have been a better would have been a better story than what Civil War was. Yeah. Because of the way it happened and the fact that, like, Volstagg is just who he is. Yeah. And if you like Volstagg, I hope you read Siege Embedded, number one. I did. Okay. I did. I enjoyed so, it. So now, so now the Siege Embedded is similar to the – if you read the solicit – it's probably similar to the book that burned us. What was it called? Uh, well, Frontline. Civil War Frontline. It's not similar. It is Frontline. They just changed right. the it name is. because that name is so poisoned. Right. But the thing is, the big difference is that now Brian Reed is writing it versus our friend Paul Jenkins. But I, Brian I, Reed wrote the last one. Yeah. Oh, did, oh I, didn't, the, I didn't read the last uh, Frontline. Yeah. He wrote the World War Hulk one, too. Oh, anyway. Yeah. But I don't care about the story of the writer. For this, for, for this issue, for me, it was all about the Chris Somni art and the Matt Wilson colors. This issue was great. I thought yeah, it was really, really nice. Looking. I thought yeah. I thought his art wasn't as strong as it's been in the Mighty. Oh, well, I'm not reading the Mighty. I think Somni's art works best when he gets to use a lot of blacks. I mean, obviously, yeah, like yeah. that's like his thing. And then this one was very not that. It was a lot, a lot more line work that got filled in. Yeah, with color. I thought that hurt it a lot. Yeah. Was, was uh, in, the, in the scenes where there were shadow, it looked great. Like that two-page but, spread at Soldier Field. Yeah, but that was great, that was a yeah. great big spread, and, and and a lot of it had that his heavy, his sort of trademark heavy black shadow yeah. work, but. I know I love it. When it's not heavily shadowed, it seems kind of odd. I, I loved it. I just I loved every page of it. It was one of those things that as I was reading it, I bought it on a lark. I didn't even realize Somni was on it. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I'll give it a shot, you know, and I, when I finished it I was I felt so like uh, that this was the book I wanted to go tell people about. Yeah. My only thing about this book is just I'm gonna sound like a broken record, but what are you gonna do? I feel like I've been through many permutations of this Ben Urich story before. Yeah. He's down and out. He's not attached to what he used to be, but he's got to go get the story anyway. And and I really, I really feel like I've been down this road a few times. Yeah. And I like Ben Urich as a character, but I want to see something else done with him. It's and like the anti Norman Osborn. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it. Well, no, it's not nearly as saturated as that. It's no, fine, but, but it's, it's just that the, the characters in the same holding pattern they've been in for you know two years or three years. Yeah. And I'm saying you know like it's fine to use Ben Urich to illustrate a story that's going on. But you know, if you're going to tell stories with him and have him appear that much, you got to—he's—you have to do something with him. He can't just be the guy who's riding along. He can't be the what's the name of the guy from Marvels? Oh, Phil Sheldon. Yeah, he's—he's he's serving that. Ah, how about that? Huh? I, well, I knew you'd know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, uh, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, it was kind of—I thought it was kind of—it was—I was a pretty good issue. I enjoyed reading it, but yeah. Siege got off to an okay start. I mean, I'm 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 on it. I'm reading it. I'll check it out. I'm I'm excited for it. Really, I mean, I think if there if there's an ending to it, uh, that's awesome. I doubt there will be. No, the end will be like. No, they're they're going to have to end the Norman Osborn story. They're going to. It's going yeah. to end. Yeah. It's going to end with yeah. him being dethroned and the Avengers being back. That's the way it's going to happen. We all know it. The question is, how good will the execution be? Right? And, and how many how many months is that going to take us? <laughs> that's really like like four months. I'm good. Eight months. Come on. Yeah. I think this is a four-month story. I don't think we need eight eight issues for this story. Well, but yeah, this is a four-month story, though, isn't it? I mean, this is going to be. I'll tell you this: if they go to the Savage Land next issue, I'm dropping it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this this is one of issue one of four. Yeah, so this should be done by April. Let's check the checklist, shall we? If you want to read Siege, there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 33, 132, 33 titles, 33 individual issues, including, in April, a book called Fallen, parentheses, not final title. 
Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that's a, awful. Don't I'm sorry. Like, 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 I know, you know, marketing's boring and stuff like that, but it is what I do as a day job. You don't print something that says not final title. I'm sorry. No. Just don't ru- just, just don't print it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I guess we could talk about Blackest Night 6. Woo! Yeah. Anybody's this this ended that. up being my pick of the week after about a day of it being another book. I changed my mind halfway through, which is a good thing I didn't have to pick of the week. Yeah. That would have been awkward for everyone. You, you can't do that. <laughs> well, you're locked in. If not, I would happily <laughs> change it after after about a day of thinking about it. So I think we haven't talked enough about Ivan Reese's art. Yeah, I agree. I think we've been talking a lot about Jeff Johns' story, which has been great, and this is another great issue. But I think we haven't been really talking enough about how great Ivan Reese has been on this yeah. issue, which is fantastic. And on time. Yeah. I mean, and I know I know that that shouldn't be the thing that you focus on about an artist, but he's turning out high quality work. I mean, I don't know what I don't know exactly everything that that Johns is writing in the script. So either Johns is putting in a lot in the script pages, and he's turning it all out, or he's like even going the extra mile. Yeah, but he's definitely not half-assing this in any way. You could never never accuse him of half-assing. If every panel is full. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just ama- it's just amazing, and and it had great moments in it, which is what Jeff Johns was doing the whole time. And you know, right. uh, Flash running from the from the rings and saying, "But I'm faster" was a fantastic moment. And that that was a great moment. He, cha- he you know he has Hal chain you know throw a chain to him and drags Hal, and they move forward in time by a couple of seconds to sever the connection. That was great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like what I lo- what I love about what Johns and Reese are doing with this issue is is that I'm it, with no single issue of Blackest Night have it's been what I expected it to be. You know, there, there's been every turn, and especially you know with at, what they did at the you know with this, where you know they realize they need to recruit more colored lanterns, and so you know the colored colored lanterns go out to recruit people in, from the DCU. I didn't see that coming at all, and the people they picked, I thought was just a great you know kind of great little character moments, a great story moment for it to happen for each of them, and it made perfect sense. You know, yeah. Poor Mara yeah, I, now, she's got to cough up blood. Yeah, poor Mara. Yeah, it's rough. I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens next and how this goes. Because one of the things that's been interesting for me to think about is they've already got the uneasy alliance of all of the colored lanterns, you know, yeah. where Sinestro is working along with them. And so, like, how do you have a team where Lex Luthor is on your team? Right. Like, are, it's happened like, before, though, work? in other crossovers. I'm less worried about, okay, so so the colored lantern rings go out and they recruit, they recruit Mera as a red lantern, Lex Luthor as an orange lantern, Barry Allen as a blue lantern, Wonder Woman as a Star Sapphire, Ray Palmer as an Indigo Lantern, and then the Scarecrow as a Yellow Lantern. That's the one I'm worried about. Lex, <laughs> Lex is smart enough to realize, okay, we need to do this. Scarecrow is the one you can't really well, predict. And it's not, I'm, it's not a criticism. I'm saying that's an, I'm, it's interesting to see how this no, is going to work. No, it's a good right element. I'm just, yeah. yeah, it's definitely good. Interesting to see how uh, Ray Palmer is more in his little Ray Palmer Savage, the Savage Adam costume. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah, well, I, I could have lived without seeing that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, and I want to know that how was, wrong. That was in the '90s. They tried to make <laughs> by making him savage. He had swords and things. And he went. He, he, he shrunk down into his microverse, and there was a barbarian like culture that he lived in, and he was kind of savage. And you know, you were reading this? No, I don't know how I know that. Okay, good. I'm yeah. glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Barry as a Blue Lantern got me so excited. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. All will be well. Somebody ruined it for me on Twitter. Lex Luthor, like, like way ahead of when the issue came out. Yeah, I get. I'm guessing it went up. Like scans went up because some shop. Probably, yeah. But yeah, no. But I thought it was. I thought it was good. And then, and then. So what I really liked about Blackest Night this week was I loved how the moment of Mara fighting Black Lantern Wonder Woman seamlessly worked great with Blackest Night Wonder Woman number two, 
which you know from a story point point was really cool because I got that issue and I read Blackest Night number six first and then I saw Blackest Night Wonder Woman number two so I saw what the cover said versus Mera and it, when it happened in the issue I saw okay they're gonna fight and then when I started reading Blackest Night Wonder Woman I'm like okay cool it's that moment zoomed into and I thought that's how you do these crossovers. It reminded me very much of the Final Crisis Requiem issue with John Jones when yep. he died in one panel in Final Crisis, but then his special zoomed in on that panel and gave us the whole fight. Yep. That reminded me of it a lot. That was the best issue of Final Crisis. That or the yep. other one that was pick of the week. The, well, the Rogue's Revenge, the whole three, the, three issues. No, nah, the Checkmate one huh. was really you know, good. The anyway, anyway. The issue yeah. was, again, was, was the art. No, I was going to say, I'll, on the contrary. Just, because it was two different pencilers. And well, yeah, well, yes, yeah. Well, Scott. Yeah. True, but but the Nicole Scott stuff was great. Yeah, it was just the one ink. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't her. That was the problem. Yeah, ag- agreed. Agreed on that. Obviously, they're rushing this book, but I thought this was really good. It was a great fight. It was and and Cassie got killed. Oh my God! Like no. like that, that, uh, that's the one thing that that bu- that's kind of bums me out about these Black as Night stories is that so many people are dying. It was a dream sequence. It was it was it a dream sequence? Yes. Oh crap! I read it sober yeah, too. The whole, the whole fight and the Batman kissing her when he's you know obviously dead. Oh. Dead. It's all a dream sequence here. Ron reads through comics at the speed of light. That was this a dream not... sequence? Yes. Yes. If you saw, Hera shows up and says she, had, she created a bubble for her to survive against the Black Lantern. And that's how she was able to sever her connection from the Black Lantern. Right? Oh, I missed that yeah. panel. The big two-page spread where Mar- oh, <laughs> yeah. Hera's there with the bright light. She says she created a bubble for her or something like that. Yeah, um, well, well then, how about that? This place is only a figment, a place I made where your possession could run free without harm. Oh, well, I enjoyed the issue. I thought it was real. I thought Cassie died. <laughs> anyway. At the time, I thought it was great that they killed her. Yeah. Uh, you know, just because for the stakes, but um, yeah, yeah, it was a dream. Missed that detail. Anyway, but but still, regardless, nonetheless, it ends with her becoming the star sapphire, which is pretty cool. Oh, it was Aphrodite, not Hera. Yeah, Aphrodite, yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm reading, I read you the panel. Uh, <laughs> Look in the chat. Everyone's yelling at you. <laughs> I have the chat closed. <laughs> Someone in the chat said, and then Bobby stepped out of the shower. Which <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with, because in this kind of thing, you know, that's yeah. something that would happen. Yeah, but anyway, but I, but again, this this little miniseries is great. I think Rucker's writing a great story, and it's it's working well with the main story. There was one more Black Knight book that I read this week, and that was Weird Western Tales, which was one of those, they've resurrected the books that were canceled from long ago, and they've made a second, so this is Weird Western Tales 71. And the cool thing about this issue was it was all of the Western characters resurrected as Black Lanterns, so like Jonah Hex and Scalp Hunter and Super Chief and Firehair and Batlash and all those people. So well, you don't want to deal with the Black Lantern Jonah Hex. Well, unfortunately, Dan DiDio wrote this, uh, I think he wrote it as a throwback to the oh. time the book came out because the dialogue was really, really stilted and really, really silver agey and really, really, you know, <laughs> explaining <laughs> what you're seeing in the panel and everything. That's just because he can't write. I don't think that's true because I've read other stuff he's written before. It hasn't been like this. I think he was doing this intentionally and didn't work. Let me, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do I have to read the previous 70 issues to understand what's going on in this issue? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was totally lost. Um <laughs> The the cool thing with the issue, though, was the Black Lantern and Jonah Hex, because the whole story is about Turnbull, Josh, his mm-hmm. ancestor in the, in the present time. And he's, he's escaping the Black Lanterns, and he, he finally gets away. He runs out of this complex where the Black Lanterns have infiltrated. And he runs out, and, and who's standing in the shadows but Black Lantern Jonah Hex. And I thought the deal did a really good job of capturing this moment and this scene, mm-hmm. where after all this fighting, Jonah Hex is the one that takes him out. But other than that, the rest of the issue was very, very mediocre. Here's my question about this issue. Mm-hmm. Why not just have Jimmy and Justin write it? Good question. Yeah. They're busy guys. They got about 100 books. Yeah, I know, but still. Well, uh, just, you know, I'll tell you why. Fictional. Yeah. <laughs> Justin doesn't exist, correct. Yeah, yeah. That's true. 
<laughs> Did you get the Suicide Squad issue too? No, I didn't get that one. My store got shorted, so it's I'm I'm gonna get it on this next. Fall. That that was the one I was excited about because I wanted to see some Amanda Waller action. I didn't. Well, I'm not getting all weird. of these. I'm just getting the ones I'm interested in. Right? Yeah, but I'm interested a, in the Suicide Squad one. Yeah, that's right. a weird thing to say, by the way. The Amanda Waller action. Yeah, that's. I, I really want to see some Amanda Waller action. No yeah. one's ever said that. <laughs> some some nice hot Amanda Waller girl on girl. <laughs> But yeah, I think Josh would have liked the final scene with the text, but not the issue itself. I like how Connor just ignores me and moves on. It's just it's a, it's a good move. It's you're the right move. The whiskey. I'm moving on to the, to the advertisement. Now, uh, this <laughs> episode of I Fanboy Pickle Week Podcast is brought to you in part by Drawer Boxes from CollectionDrawer.com. Drawer Boxes are the strongest storage container made for comics. They can be stacked up to six high to maximize square footage. And because they work like a drawer, every comic in your collection remains accessible by simply pulling a drawer open. Long and short drawer boxes can be combined and linked together with box locks, box anchors, and any combination to fit any space and remain secure with absolutely no tippage or slippage. And now the contents can be organized and sorted to meet your needs of any collector with every issue immediately accessible. Drawer boxes, box sort, upright dividers, and box locks, box anchors are exclusive trademarks of the collection drawer company and are, are available at collectiondrawer.com. Make sure to mention I fanboy in ordering, and if you watch the video show, you'll see me put one together last week, which was fun. If you're watching the video feed right now, you'll see two of them behind me. Yeah. yeah. And the rings are on. If, if, you, if you watch the video closely, you see me open the box box, box anchor bag and they go flying everywhere. That was, that <laughs> was a good moment. It was a good moment. Yeah, so. that was fun for everyone. The joy of HD. I guess we've been talking about the Mighty all along, so you may as well talk about the last issue. Uh, it's well, okay. I, but... I think we'll be, we'll, we'll be kind of spare because this is sort of an yeah. epilogue issue. It was not really the the big moment was last issue. This is sort yeah, of yeah. The, the, the pick of the week was pretty much like you could tell what was going to happen at the end of that one. So this was just sort of wrapping up what happens in the whole world. And because of that, like that's not a terribly exciting thing to do usually. Yeah, um, but it was and, satisfying at the same time. Yes, it, it was a good ending and everything. But really, like the you know the big sort of denouement of everything definitely came in issue eleven. So. You no, know, it, it was a satisfying and a good ending. I, I liked it. I think it was a good capper to the whole story. The tone was correct. You know what was the best thing about it was they ended it in such a way that they, this could be the end or they could do it again. Yeah, that was. They I left, think it, that they was left great. it so that it can. This is this twelve issues is one story, but they can also bring it back for a sequel. Not that they probably will because I don't think it sold that well, but it, it, it leaves the door open. Well, I'll be curious not, to see how it doesn't trade because the first trade yeah. came out this week, didn't it? Or, or it's, it's very couple- thin. I, I picked up at the store and I just felt like yeah. I know they want to get people excited about it. I know that it's easy to get people to try a six-issue trade that's cheaper than a twelve-issue trade, but it's just, it's just. Well, well also they, they had to get it out soon. Yeah, I, I feel I like they do, I which feel is like so, which some, is so not DC. Well, good. There, I yeah. mean, but there's some critical momentum behind it, and I think that that's it was a good time to get a trade out because I mean the normal thing is this would have been out in you know the first six issues would have been out in about twelve months, so you got to give them. Oh, it would have been, been 2011 before you got a trade. Yeah. Yeah, so it's out there, and you can you can read it, and it's good. And it, I can tell you right now, you know, it ends well. It's a good ending, and and yes. I think this is going to be one of those things. Like if you sleeper didn't really sell all that well at all, um, but it did really well in trades afterwards, and it got a ton of critical praise. And I feel like, like this is going to be space. very hmm. yeah, because this thing is it's a hard book for them to move because they don't really have what are big names on it. They're guys that we all really like, but they're not you know they're not they're not guys, and it's not DC Universe, so. Right, you know, it's it's hard for that, but it was you know good ending, good stuff. I'm really telling people out there in internet internet land to go pick up the first trade. Absolutely. I'm I'm to- I'm all over it. I I got I have to pick it up. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm I can't wait to read it. Cool, guys. This was a sad week for me for reading comics because I read Proof Twenty Five. Yeah. Turn back, well, I, let's turn let's turn back the clock to two years ago. 
Okay. When proof number one, well, proof, like the first few issues of proof came out. Yeah. And how excited we were for it, right? Tom Caters mentioned it. We yep. picked it up after like two or three issues had come out already, me and Ron. And very excited. Loved the book. One of my favorites. Reading 25, I've completely lost the thread of the story. Completely. I, I, and I've, I've almost lost interest. No, I have lost interest. Yeah. I've lost complete interest because I read the first. It's, it's, it's broken up into two stories, which is what they've been doing for a while. And I like the second story because yep. it was sort of timeless. You didn't need to do anything else. Yeah. But the first story, story I spent every page going, what the fuck is going on? I don't know yep. what, who these people are, what's happening, how does this connect to the last issue? Like it, well, it, I think, well, no, well, I, I th- well, I think that this, so this is the first issue of the, the arc that's going to end this first season. The last four. Yeah, the last four. This is the first of four issues that's going to, the last arc before they start a new volume. And the last arc finished or, or whatever, there, I think there was a, you know, there was a delay between the two. So this is a new one. So I'm assuming that what happened in the first story is going to be explained through the next three issues. Or it's going to come back yeah. to it somehow. So I was okay with being confused. But my whole problem is that the last story arc meandered and took so long that now yeah. I've lost any emotional connection to the characters. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that yeah. was my issue with it. The art was beautiful. Riley, Riley's yeah. art is so good. Um, it continues to be good. Yeah. yeah. Also, that story at the end—that wasn't a new story. That was, if you read the bit before it, that was a reprint of the very first proof story that appeared in an anthology before the series started. Right. Uh, right. Uh, so that's why. And then, and he goes on to say that like that actually the continuity doesn't really match up. Yeah. Match up anymore, but he said yeah. here here it is anyway. But like, but that's the thing. But if you but if you compare those two stories and like what happened to the cryptoids, what happened to you know what I mean? Like yeah. what happened to proof? Yeah, exactly. What happened to proof? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The only, I mean, that's I the was problem. So sad really. reading it. I was just, I was yeah, really it was sad. sad. It was very sad. It, it wasn't focusing on the things that I was interested in. But the thing is, he says he's going to get to those, but maybe not until later. But, I mean, but again, it's you know, first part of a story. It's one of those things to throw you off your game so that he can pay you back later. It's just it may not have strategically been a great time to do that since it's been so long. Right. Also, because the last arc, if I'm, I could be wrong, wasn't the last arc the, the flashback arc? Yeah, that was the I one in eighteen hundred. Yeah, I, it was so yeah, boring. The thing was, we we've been now almost like a year since we've been on the main story. Yeah. True. True. So now I have no idea where the main story is, and so I have no context when I'm reading the book. That's my problem. Yep. You are not forgetless, is what you're saying. <laughs> forgetless was really good. I thought this was better than the first issue. So Forgetless number two came out, and if you remember, this is my pick of the week about a month ago. Nick Spencer writing... Your cha- polarizing pick of the week. My polarizing pick of the week. What I found interesting, which I didn't expect, was the art on the, the main story. He swapped artists, and now we get uh, Jorge Colhol. Cole, 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 <laughs> Coelho, Coelho, I'm Jorge. I'm so sorry. I'm mispronouncing Cole your last name. Coelho, Coelho, but it was very good. The art, and so I got the art was very, very good. It was much better yeah. than the first, the first issue's artist. But I got scared because I was afraid that maybe they swapped artists on the second. And you wow. all know my my I professed my utter utter adoration for Marley Zarcone's art. And I was so glad to see her back on the second story, which was awesome. The second yeah. story was awesome, but I also laughed in the first story. I thought yeah. the first story was really funny. First story was great, yeah. So, I, I mean, Forgetless is... Show, I Fuck Anything, what was it? Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, going to fuck it. I'm yeah, gonna I'm going to fuck it, yeah. That was fuck anything funny. that moves! <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, it, was, it was these two guys who gained web fame for their I'm going to fuck it series, where they just find stuff and they fuck it, like the Empire State Building. And it's, it's like, set, it set the stage I for who the, who the girl in the first story was hired to assassinate for he's accused for raping their daughter, but turns out it, it, was, it wasn't their daughter. It was a live doll. Yeah, exactly, which is freaking. And they fucked it. And they fucked it. I, I really like this issue a lot. I'm glad I got the second one. I'm glad you picked the first one because I wouldn't have read it if you, if you hadn't picked it. And 
Uh, I love the second story. The second story was really good, too. I yeah. think the second story, he's got a really nice handle on these voices, on these teenagers, the suburban teenagers who yep. are trying to get to New York. No, I, I, really? seriously, seriously like, like, say what you will about Nick Spencer's first story, Existence. I, I heard some people really liked it. Some people really didn't like it. Forgetless is showing that he's really, he's he knows what he's doing. He's, he's really going to be somebody to watch. So I'm excited about it. Also, to continue this kind of image block, Savage Dragon number 156 came out. And this was Eric Larson. You know how Eric Larson, you know, tends to be very experimental, or you know, he, you know, he tried his own coloring stuff, he tried his own lettering stuff. This issue was his attempt at doing a, a full issue fight scene, fight issue, which is somewhat, you know, reminiscent of you know Kirkman doing it on Invincible. But we have the two dragons fighting each other once and for all. And what I think is great, both in the story, is that Larson is kind of wrapping up. All, there's a lot of loose ends in this in the world of dragon, and he's wrapping them up. But what I what I continue to be impressed by Eric Larson is if you read in the back of the letter column in his kind of little paragraph where he kind of gives his thinking about the issue, he explains his kind of approach to doing Savage Dragon and how every issue he thinks of milestones in comics. You know, he says that when he got to issue 100, he thought of all the comics that made that milestone. When he got to 121, all I could think of was Amazing Spider-Man number 121 and the death of Gwen Stacy. When he got to issue 137, he thought of Phoenix and the Uncanny X-Men. You know, so it's, he's got this real love and attention and appreciation of comics comics history and with this issue 156 he said it always meant to him incredible hulk number 156 which was his the first issue of incredible hulk he ever bought and he actually got herb trimp to do a variant cover which was awesome and printed on the back and it just like savage dragons you know say what you will about being confusing and being going on for 10 years stuff like that it is really is one of the you know love affairs with comics that uh, uh, you know creators that our creators are doing i love it so it was another great issue great fight issue very very cool Awesome. Red Robin number eight was for the for Wednesday my pick of the week and then I switched to Blackest Night uh, on Thursday. But this was the best issue of Red Robin, better than the first issue, which was a pick of the week when I had it. If you're off this, but you were a fan of Tim Drake before, you need to be getting back onto the series. With this issue, you could even jump on and read it. And next issue, he crosses over with Batgirl. This is this was the end of the arc. What was great about this issue was in this whole arc, he's been fighting League of Assassins, Ra's al Ghul's League of Assassins, and this issue, we get into his head as he fights them which is the best part of the book. So you learn how Tim thinks in a fight, who he's learned from, and this way he fights this guy like, like Dick Wood, and this one it's from something that Bruce taught him, and this one is something that Lady Shiva taught him. And you really see why Tim is so formidable as Robin. I think, Josh, you would definitely have liked this issue for that. It's a really nicely done scene. And as anybody who's been following Tim for so long, you understand why he's such a good Robin, because mm-hmm. he's almost better trained than all of them have ever been. It's almost, if you saw Sherlock Holmes... It's almost like the scene in the, in the movie where he's, he evaluates the people before he fights them. This is the same way. He looks at the, you know, Robin looks at the crowd and says, all right, this guy, I see I'm going to hit him there because of this, and this guy, I'm going to take him out with this because of that. Basically, he goes through the whole fight in his head, and then it happens. And then it's, uh, it was a really well-done, well-constructed issue. Character stuff in the fight, which is the best way to do it. And people really liked it a lot at ISMware.com. It was one of the higher-picked books. Was, who was the artist on this? Was it different? I thought I heard something about how it, it was. It started off as a guy whose name I can't recall. I'm hoping someone on the chat room will say who it was in the beginning. And now it's Marcus Toe, who I've never heard of before, but he's really solid. He reminds me a little of a cleaner, the, the, the guy who used to draw Robin, who now draws Justice Society. Freddie Williams? Freddie E. Williams. It's kind of a cleaner Freddie E. Williams version. That's cool. That's really uh, it was Raymond Box. Raymond Box in the beginning. Oh, Raymond uh, Box of Civil War Frontline fame. Yes, uh, yes. Remember him, Peter, in his ballerina pants? Yes. This is better. I think I might, when you come over again, Josh, I might lend this to you. Okay. All right. Also, I'll put on um, Ron's sweatshirt over here. I'll come over right now. Should I come over right now? <laughs> so, last book I want to talk about quickly is X Factor Nation X one-shot. 
which is a really well-written issue by Peter David where Madrox and the rest of the X-Factor team come to the Utopia Island and try to decide if they're going to join Cyclops and everybody. And it was an extension of this ongoing kind of relationship between Madrox and Cyclops that Peter David has created that is kind of, you know, they're both strong leaders, but they, you know, don't agree and don't see eye to eye. But I just don't understand why this wasn't a regular issue of X-Factor. Like, Wasn't I, it very meta? I heard it was very much just commentary on the X Men. Yeah, that there was a lot. Of, if you want to read it that way, you could. There was a lot of the feeling I got was that there's this insanity going on in, in the X Men books on this uh, and on the Utopia Island, and Madrox and X Factor are kind of in the real world and, and kind of based in reality. And they came in and they're like, "What are you doing?" You know, like so it's that kind of you know crazy versus not crazy kind of standpoint. But there were some great character moments, some great stuff with Shatterstar. Like I really like what David has been doing with this with this kind of you know, you know, uh, reinforced X Factor team. But again, this could have been this could have been an issue of X Factor for me. I know that Peter David hates it to pull you know his books away to take part in a crossover or something like that. But this was done in such a way that it totally could have been a one one shot issue of X Factor. Yeah, I, I thought about it for a brief moment because. Yeah. I'm back on the train, but then yep. it's a Nation X crossover, and I don't know anything about Nation X. You so. you should you should still read it if you can go pick it up or if you want to borrow it. I mean, it's it's still worth the read because the character moments are that good. Um, I've never even heard of them. So. so yeah, so those are the books that came out this week. So if you go to ifanboy.com/comics, you can do your pull list and you can rate and review your books. And I'd like to highlight some of the user reviews that happen on ifanboy.com. You can go and write reviews of the books you've read. And our first review comes from Akamu, who I need to thank because he is the one who sent in the indigo ring that I requested a few weeks ago. So thank you to Akamu for sending me an indigo ring. You rock. He also sent Josh and I a bunch of comics. Which is nice. yeah. He sent me some comics as well with my ring. So the, the real question is to everybody else out there, what have you done for us lately? <laughs> anyway, loaded question. So um, so Akamu reviewed Ultimate Spider-Man number six, and he gave the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. And at the time of this recording, 1.1% of the I fan base made it their pick of the week. And Akamu, I say 1.21 gigawatts. 1.21 gigawatts. So <gasps> Akamu says, the story for this issue worried me at first. Page one read more like an illustrated novel than a comic book. It looks like a recap page, except there's an actual recap page just before it. But it gets better. Oh, so much better as the issue goes on. The whole Super Friends thing combined with the new manga-esque look make this comic feel more like the Runaways than Ultimate Spider-Man. But I'm, I'm starting to see that that's okay. As Bendis continues to write the best Spider-Man book of the decade, even though it's a new decade. Uh, I'm not going to touch that decade comment because the decade starts next year. <laughs> I know. We all know. For Josh. <sighs> Come on. Um, <laughs> I loved it. This was a great issue. Loved it. And, and we need to highlight our good friend, Principal Suntress, in the issue. I thought David Lafayette. Wasn't he originally called Suntress? He wasn't in this issue. Yeah, he was. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. he was. He just didn't look like him until recently. Yeah, yeah. No, just... no, no. He, his name was something else in this issue. It was like, it was, maybe no, it was the, did, the letter he was put, back. They put two S's on the end of it. They spelled it wrong. They, there was point. a misspelling. The one time they said Suntress, they misspelled it. But, um, Maybe yeah. that's why. But it's supposed yeah. to be John Suntress of Word Balloon, if anybody hasn't put two and two together. It, it looks like him now. But anyway, love it. Love La Fuente. Love the, what's going on in it. I love it, love it, love it. It is so, a really fun issue. It yeah. feels feels uh, a little refreshed, and that's good. And I love that. I love the, the dynamic of the house with all the kids. So in you've it. got mm-hmm. you've got Johnny Storm living there. You've got Bobby Drake living there. And I thought this dealt with the great question, which is like, how are they going to do this? And so they dye Johnny Storm's hair. They shave Bobby Drake's ha- head. They create new identities for him. They couldn't have, you know, they're cutting everyone's hair, yeah. right? They're in the bathroom with he, the clippers. Peter's right there, right? Someone exactly. <laughs> if someone if someone could just slip, oh, oops. Well, when we cut is, the one side. Might as well even it out and cut the other side. When is you. someone going to point out that Peter looks like a girl? <laughs> I love it. La Fuente's great. He's off the next two issues. He's off the... They're doing a fill-in artist. It's the guy who drew the original Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, which was amazing. Yes. Thumbs up. And 
people are going to hate that even more than La Fuente. Yeah. Because uh, it's very manga-esque, <laughs> but... I love them both, and I think this is great. This no, is- and, and if, it, if it buys David more time to get started in the next arc, I'm fine with that. When Stuart Eminem came on, who I love, I don't think he injected as much energy into the book as Buff Wendt no, has in that. I totally I agree. think Buff Wendt has added a lot of energy to this book. Totally agree. Well, he was also kind of stuck in the thing they were doing, so they weren't like... Yeah. Next up, Odair77 writes in about Batman Confidential number 40. By the way, this book made it to 40? Uh, story gave a three out of five. The and the art a four out of five. Uh, the art was by Sam Keith. Uh, the pick of the week percentages. I don't think that's right. I think that I forgot to fill that in. So I don't know what the pick of the week percentage is. Uh, there's the there's failure the on every level. No, that's the first one. This is the longest we've gone in the script without a mess up in a long time. I'm gonna time. fire you and send you to the opposite school. All right, come on. There you, sir. I liked Keith back in the early Max days. Still, I don't follow him avidly and only have occasionally read his stuff since those days. It's possible he's become more abstract and obtuse, yet I don't feel put off. The art grabbed me first. There are loads of different Batman iterations out there, and they don't all have to be the same. In fact, it's always intriguing to see Bats look somewhat unusual, as, as he always seems like the sacred DC cash cow, and I always wonder how happy DC is to see artists and writers just mess with his look and style. So the art's a plus, kind of wild, but compelling just the same. This is great. This was amazing, amazing art by Sam Keith doing a great Batman story, and this is written and drawn by him, and it's just a reminder of how great he is. Connor, what did you think of it? I didn't buy it. I'm still waiting for a thank you from you, though, for, for heading you up to it. Thank you for heading me up to it, although I would have seen I, it on the rack. I, I was actually, I saw it, and I almost sent Ron a text about it, but I thought, no way Connor didn't have that covered. Yeah, no, Connor had it covered. Yeah, no, no, I emailed like, a week before. Up. I said, did you see it? <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah. Well, go to ifanboy.com forward slash comics, do your picks and polls and rates and ratings and reviews and all that fun stuff there on ifanboy.com. All of that stuff. We want to thank Discount Comic Book Service for sponsoring this episode. They have monthly specials of up to 75% off and 40% off all major publishers and a flat rate shipping of $5.95 on all U.S. orders. You can buy any comic books in previews, so if you want to get your sort of regular books, if you don't have a good shop by you or you're looking to save a little money or for whatever reason, if you want your issues, you can buy anything that's in previews, like we said. They're over... How many? 90-something thousand? 90,000. There's 90,000 books. 900,000. Googleplex. That's like Netflix. There's thousands and thousands of trade paperbacks. It's definitely more than 5,400 in stock. You can track your books online, and you can go to dcbservice.com to take advantage of that. And we want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Yes. All right, on to the email. Our first email comes from Matt from Alberta, Canada who says, I only recently started to get into comics and would love to expand my interest in. Unfortunately, I find this to be a daunting task with no history with the medium. I recently got Sinestro Core War as a gift, which not only sparked my interest in Green Lantern, but also in comics in general. Since then, I've started to read Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, Batman, and Detective Comics. Is there any other must-read superhero books that I should start reading? And what is a good starting point for said titles? I don't care if it's a Marvel, DC, or Image, as long as it's good. Also, what is the must-read current non-superhero book you recommend? All right. The reason that this letter is here is because yeah. we get this letter a lot. Yeah. And it says, I bought some books. I like them. What else should I read? And this is the only time we're going to answer this this year. Okay? <laughs> oh, wow. So, oh, wow. wow. It's like one of January? <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yes. Because what should I read? Well, we do the show every week, and we talk about all these books that you can read, and we have hundreds of shows in the backlog if you want to look back at stuff, and that's totally all fine. But the thing is... Stop worrying about it so much. Yep. Just go buy some books and read them. Just pick them up. You, Honestly, I started reading X-Men at number 269. You just read the Sinestro Corps War. That means you can do it. If you read that and you got it, you're totally cool. You're fine. Yep. Go into the shop. Tell them what it is you like. Have some other things. If not, just pick out some random video shows that we did. You'll get lots and lots of ideas. There's, there's all sorts of stuff like that. If you need to go on the forums and do that, that, that works too. 
But, you know, just you, you got to start picking choosing. Like I always said, if you want to know the history, if you want to go back and read them 20 years ago, I had to go buy back issues. Now you have the Internet. Go to Wikipedia. Go to Marvel Database. There are all these great websites with information and history, you know, and, and you can read up about any character. Who is that? Look them up on the Internet. You'll find them. You, had, you have the Internet. You emailed us. So I'm, I'm um, telling you. you and uh, Other questions you had, what are the must-read superhero books that you were literally reading them? Well, yeah. Green Lantern, yeah. Batman, and Detective Comics. I mean, well, not Batman, mm. but Detective Batman Comics and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah. Well, and um, also, if you email us, you must be listening to one of the shows, either the yeah. video or the audio show. So one of those shows is going to tell you what we think is good, and the books we talk about are going to be the must-read books. Right. Connor just said, you know, Red Robin 8 is a great place to jump on if you, if you like well, that. And then if you, you are, I think you know the characters. The okay. next issue will be a great place. And then if you, if you want to expand beyond that, go check out Invincible from Image. Check out, you know, like, you know, Marvel. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't know that Thor and Siege and all this stuff is, is what you want. You know what I mean? Avengers. Check out all the great stuff. Check out Ultimate Spider-Man, what we talked about. There's a, you know, Check out Amazing Spider-Man right now. Really yeah, good time. Exactly. Just go to the store and look on the racks. If you like a cover, grab it and try it. You know, mm-hmm. Totally. Best non-superhero book is probably two right now. Walking Dead. Scalped. Scalped. Yeah. It depends on what you like, really. Like, yeah. like that's if you saying, like hard-boiled crime, it's scalped. That is a little bit like saying, what's the best non-superhero movie? And it'd be like, well... Yeah, what's the best uh, indie movie out? Yeah. yeah. You know, there, there's lots of different stuff. So, um, But again... All that information, we you know, we talked about the stuff. We talked about a bunch of books. We just talked about Sweet Tooth. It's a great yeah. non-superhero book. So that's it. That's but you, you ruined it, it up. For jerk. <laughs> ruined it for everyone. Uh, next email is from Scott. He said, after rereading a lot of my collection lately to determine which ones to keep and which ones to sell, it occurred to me that many comics aren't very rereadable. But the ones that are make the hobby so worth it. I'd love to know which comics or storylines you've enjoyed even after rereading them. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Hmm. That's a good one. It is. I mean, like, it, it's a totally obvious answer, but I, I find that, that Alan Moore is the best for rereads. Yes. Every time I read Watchmen, every time I read V for Vendetta, or any of the America's Best Comics stuff, I, I, find, I literally do find more, and I get more out of it. Those are, that's my best example of that. Hmm. But there's others. I, I just reread Sleeper, which I really loved. Uh, you can, I mean, Preacher is a wonderful reread. I haven't um, had time to reread anything in ages. Power. Yeah, the well, last the last year has been hard for rereading because we really ramped up our own new yeah. reading. But well, he's right. Yeah. A lot of stuff isn't very rereadable. It's really the stuff that stands out is the rereadable stuff. And that's the stuff you buy in trade. The stuff you really keep around to have close to you. Gotham Central, which is just out of hand uh-huh. in trades and hardcovers. Yeah, I just got the, I just got volume two. No, I got I picked up volume one in the hardcovers at the store the other day. Gotham Central is enormously rereadable. Josh is right about Watchmen is rereadable. I, re- I reread Alias, which is which is great on the second read. I feel like ben, Bendis' stuff is good rereadable. Re- re- oh, I, I, I reread the first Powers hardcover, and I have the second, I have the two and three that I'm going to go through. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of really beautiful hardcovers came out in the last year, and I've been rereading the books in those. Hmm. Uh, Starman yeah. is another one. Yeah. Uh, uh, Queen of Country is a great reread. <coughs> yeah, it was. A lot of the classic stuff is classic for a reason. It's because it's you can read it many times to get new stuff. Yeah, and he's right. Book. Most of the stuff you get on a weekly basis is not rereadable, or stuff you're going to want to reread. Yeah. That's just mm-hmm. the nature of the business. The Ooh. nature of any art is you're not going to want to watch most movies a second time, or Ooh. you know, the previous email asking the best non-superhero book to read. Go read Echo by Terry Moore. Ooh, good answer. Yeah, sorry. Okay, 
All right, so if you have any questions, you can e- you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us an email. We'll read it on the show or do it in the letter column on ifanboy.com every Friday. We'd just like to hear from you, so just say hi. Normally, every week we, we take some voicemails, but uh, we're going to skip it this week because we ran a bit long. So be sure to dial in to one eight 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 fanboys It's one 326 2697 Leave a voicemail. Keep it short, about 30 seconds. Let us know who you are, where you're from, and ask your question, and we'll play it on next week's show. And also, we probably should have talked about the book of the month this week, but because we ran a bit long, we're going to wait till next week for that. If you didn't check out my review over at ifanboy.com, I picked The Unwritten number 1 by Mike Carey. And you threw us all off. I, I threw a curveball at you. So go read The Unwritten and then tune in next week when we talk about it. <laughs> I wanted to go over a couple of ways that you can help support iFanboy. We'll go easy on you now. You did, you did well over the holidays. We want yes, to thank you for that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, there's, but uh, if you like the show and you want to support it, there are plenty of ways to do that. We, we keep all this uh, free entertainment, all yours, all the time, on the net forever and ever, theoretically. So you can do a couple of things like going to the site, make sure you click on the banners, the stuff that's there, support people who are supporting us. You can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon, and, and you can click on the little uh, Powered by Amazon button and go, and anything you buy at Amazon for I think, the next 24 hours, we get a little bit of credit for. You can check out the shirts at ifanboy.com slash store. There's still the Mike Norton Battle Pug shirt, is available. That's going to be coming soon. That right? is actually that is for those of you who've been waiting for your battle pug shirt. There was a little delay with around the holidays with our printer, but it's been it's at the printer. They've been printed. They're being shipped back to us, and we'll get them out to you as quickly as possible. Awesome. And then oh, finally, good. you can become the iFanboy member, and these are the people who are feel like they like the stuff enough that they want to contribute a little something directly to us in uh, by way of money. You can give us four dollars a month or forty two dollars a year. That'll get you an iFanboy prize pack, uh, comic books, some stickers, a button, or ten dollars a month if you really if, you, if we're something special to you. Ten bucks a month or a hundred bucks a year, and that is the most direct way to to support iFanboy. That's you're the you're the people who who really do keep the lights on, and we thank you very much for that. And also people who are iFanboy members, they're really starting to get something for that. I think yeah, members get a lot of benefits. There's lots of things on freebie a lot of activities. They get early look at graphically this week, which is what something that happened. Yes, yeah, so we did send out the, the the commentary to our first episode to the, to the members. Yeah, and they seem to like that. So yeah, so yeah, for as a holiday present, we sent a commentary to the first video episode. And like Connor mentioned, this past week we uh, offered all iFanboy members access to Graphically, which is a new digital comics platform. And go to iFanboy.com and check it out. If you're not a member, sign up now. That's why you get the cool stuff. We're gonna be doing some great giveaveaways as well, right, Connor? You're you're building up the next round of give, giveaways. People on the Ustream can't see, but behind my monitor, there's a stack of comics about four feet high mm. of trades and other things that are, we're going to be giving away soon. I'd love to because they're all in my apartment and I'd like to get rid of them. So, yeah, so please help us out. Go to ifanboy.com forward slash store. We appreciate it. Go to ifanboy.com. That is our website. If you only listen to the show or you only watch the video show, you're missing out. I'm telling you, this last week is like the best week we've had on iFanboy and I don't know how long. Uh, there was all sorts of yeah. best of lists and arguments about whether it was the decade or not, but uh, all sorts of really fun stuff and fun discussions. Uh, we go there. We we put a lot of work into that site. We have great writers, and uh, you can go there and check it out and have conversations and, and all that stuff. Go to ifanboycom slash about to see who we are and all you can hook up with us in other ways on the net, social network links and stuff like that. Yeah, you hook up with us on the net. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. That. <laughs> we do a different yeah. kind of Jack yeah. Hill later. Yeah. You know, after the show starts, everyone's going to put their credit card number in because then it gets yeah. blue. And that's how you hook up with us on the net. Clothes come off. <laughs> we have a video show also. It comes out on Wednesdays. This last week we did uh, a mini, a, a mini. what are we calling it, anthology? Anthology episode. Yep. Anthology episode. Talked about uh, the book Sleeper. Ron gave a discussion on Puck, who is a goofy-looking superhero. And Connor built drawer boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, those, next week, Those anthologies are fun and they're here to stay, folks. 
Enjoy. Yeah, yeah. It, we're mixing, know, we it, we're mixing done, it up. Mixing it up. That's all. We couldn't have done any of those segments on a regular show, and we had a ton. I mean, we had a ton of fun doing the mini. So we're hoping to really mix it up. Come yeah. on, who doesn't want to watch me pull a boat motor for fifteen minutes? <laughs> uh, next week we are talking about books for kids that don't suck. Yes, so that's a show we've been we've been working on for a long. We've been wanting to do for a long time. We finally got to it. So yeah. I believe there's a pedophile joke in that show. I believe there is. I believe you're correct. <laughs> Did it stay? Uh, un- to be determined. I <laughs> 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 probably shouldn't. Yeah, probably, probably should be cut out for one of winning any awards. Yes, for that yeah. show. You can send us an email at contact.ifanboy.com or leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. With any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics, marriage proposals, sexual innuendo, inappropriate propositions, anything. We'll use them on this show. We use them sometimes on a video show. Sometimes we just pass them around between the three of us and we say, "Is is this okay? Should we get our lawyer on this one? But usually not. Right. A lot lately, though. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and if you like what we're doing, go to iTunes, write a review, let people know what you think of the show. It helps people discover new podcasts as well as shares your thoughts on this podcast. Or you can go tell your friends or the people at your comic book store or your comic book store owner or write a letter to Marvel and tell them how much you enjoy it or to your comic book publisher of choice. Go on Dear Twitter. Joe Casada. Go Okay, here's the, here's the new spread the word. Go on Twitter and just say, hey, I really like Ad iFanboy. There you go, because you're on Twitter. We're on Twitter. Do that. So, yeah, so just help us spread the word. We really appreciate it. The iFan base is the best, and we promise you 2010 is going to be kick-ass. Well, it is. The movie's coming out. Well, yes, the movie is coming out, so it will be kick-ass. All right, well, we've survived this, this late-night Saturday uh, ra- rambly episode, haven't we? That was fun. I missed you guys. It's I'm, been I've it's a long time bef- without between podcasting. It was. It was a long – it was a good holiday. It was a nice long time. Really? I've been building Ikea furniture and getting ready for a baby the whole time. I'm exhausted. Yeah, well, that's not my fault. <laughs> Actually, it was. I don't know if you remember, but one night about eight months ago, I don't know where I was going with that. I almost spit out my drink. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell what the silence was. I, was like, I just keep vamping. Yeah. All right, so oh, let's, let's, let's end this, this train wreck. Until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Josh Flanagan of Queens, New York. Wow, you're of Queens now. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just own it. You've, yeah, you've 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 really you've embraced it now, haven't you? I haven't. You know what? I haven't put my Queens pants on, and I don't know how long. I was wearing them all day today. I put jeans on for the show. Nice. I just <laughs> you wore them for the entire month of November. That's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and December, January. <laughs> yeah.